0: Good afternoon and welcome to another episode of the Tee Green Golf Podcast. Thank you for joining us this afternoon and we're excited about today's episode, Staying Sharp During Staying in Place. Today, we're fortunate to have a teaching professional with us this afternoon to help all of us understand things that we can do, whether it's in our homes, in our yards, or in our favorite course on a limited basis. The Tita Green Golf Podcast is honored this afternoon to have Allison Kurt with us. Allison is an LPGA professional. She comes to us having 30 years of competing in the sport of golf. She's a two-time academic all-American at Florida State University and currently she's recognized annually for her teaching prowess. And in Los Angeles, she is the only PGA Master and LPGA Master Professional teaching out of Wood Ranch Golf Club in LA. So from the Tee to Green Fairways, help us welcome Allison Kurt. Allison, welcome to the Tee to Green Golf Podcast. We're excited to have you with us this afternoon.
1: Hi, Victor. Thanks so much. Thanks for the invite and excited to share some information. Have a great discussion with
0: you today. Excellent. Well, we look forward to listening to you today and and understanding what is it that we can do during stay in place that is impacting so many of us, not just in the United States, but some of our listeners as well, uh, that may be in in Canada, along with uh, other parts of the world. So when we think about the current environment that we're in today, Allison, and and we think about stay in place. Generally speaking, what advice are you providing golfers during this stay in place to help them stay sharp?
1: Well, it's not a one-size-fits-all. and We have to keep into consideration how everyone's going to cope with this situation in a variety of different ways. And so I think we need to look at it from a really customized approach um, per golfer. And if they have limited access to facilities or no access to facilities or maybe they live in in close quarters where they can't even swing a golf club Mm -hmm. in their home i think it's important that we make sure that we don't use kind of an umbrella um, one-size-fits-all approach Mm -hmm. and so what i would ask our listeners is to really reflect on their game and dig deep and pick maybe one or two areas that you feel like have been plaguing your progress and then from there come up with a good game plan on how you can focus on that one thing I think one area that is really important for every golfer is just the basic movements of the golf swing and you don't even need a golf club for this but in order to stay sharp while we're all staying at home we can create new patterns in our body by just reenacting and going through the motions of the golf swing without having a golf club, merely just crossing your arms um, across your chest. So like your right hand goes on your left shoulder and your left hand goes on your right shoulder and working on rotation and tilt and pressure shift in the legs and doing that in a slow motion pattern so that you can really feel every muscle engaged and you can feel what the sequence of your body is that it's going through. And that's a great place to start. But what I'm seeing a lot of players do, and I think a lot of golfers out there are struggling is because now everyone's going to the internet for content and there's <laughs> wow. so much content out there whether it's through podcasts or YouTube videos or Instagram and so now I feel like after um, after this quarantine situation golfers are going to come out with a lot of confusing messages and mm. they're going to need their coaches close in hand to help them try to figure out what's what's important to their golf swing and what's not important to their golf swing and and being able to flush through a lot of the stuff to make sure that it's very specific to our student. Um, the other thing that I think that all golfers could really improve on would be their mental game. And as a doctor of psychology, one of my areas of specialty is working with golfers and athletes on improving their mental game. And at home is the perfect time to begin building a toolbox for having a really solid approach to um, handling adversity on the golf course, um, being able to improve visualization skills, being able to improve a pre-shot routine. You could start writing down the steps to your pre-shot routine and how you'd like to use that on the golf course. And you can merely just begin to play the golf course in your mind time and time again, as it'll activate sort of the same neurons in your brain as it would if you were doing it in, in real time. So working on the mental game is something that every golfer at home can't do.
0: Yeah, those are really, really good tips to get us started. And for our listeners out there in the TD Green Fairways, let's resist the temptation to go to the internet because we are getting some very basic and fundamental tips today that shouldn't confuse you when you go out. So let it be said that TD Green Golf Podcast is not giving counterproductive information this afternoon. That's a good (laughs) disclaimer. (laughs) When we think about the closed quarters, and you really alluded to it, Allison, in, in, in addressing the first question, think about the closed quarters that some of us may be in. I know there are other parts of the country where golf courses are not viewed as essential activities, and so in many cases, they are completely closed. And so in those circumstances, are there additional activities and golfers can practice that will support their mental sharpness? And I know we talked about visualization and pre-shot routine, but is there anything else that they can add on to that, maybe over the course of a week or two weeks and begin to switch these out?
1: Definitely, the two that come to mind for me would be mindfulness training, which is certainly gonna help you improve the power of your attention. Where do you want to direct your attention at what time? And that's completely Hmm. 100% in the golfer's realm of control. And then the second area would be emotional control. Hmm. Um, And I think if you live with other people, maybe you have a family or um, you haven't been around your spouse in close quarters this long before, there might certainly be some conflicts that go along or if you have children at home and they're fighting, and you're normally at work and, and you're kind of around that all day long and you need a break, um, maybe experience frustration or anger. Um, those are all common emotions that we'd experience on the golf course too, perhaps after making a triple bogey or failing on a shot that we know we've practiced a um, hundred times before. Um, emotional regulation is certainly an area that people can practice over this next given week and um, some mindfulness training. So I'd recommend downloading some free uh, mindfulness training apps. And you can start in as small of time as two or three minutes, just sort of taking a mental brain break. And the purpose of mindfulness is to be able to focus on one thing at one time. So it doesn't mean that you're listening to music and thinking about what you're going to cook for dinner. That'd be two things. Mm -hmm. You merely would just be present in your body, focusing on one thing. You can practice meditation um, through eating, through mindful eating, through mindful showering. Um, for example, if you're going to have uh, your next meal being dinner, um, when you are eating dinner, can you focus merely on the dinner? Can you taste all the different ingredients, all the different flavors? Instead of eating dinner on the couch watching TV, that'd be doing two things at once. But really engaging yourself in the act of of eating that dinner and noticing everything about that experience you might find that the meal is significantly more fulfilling than it is if you just scarf it down while you're watching a movie. Um, But where that skill transfers to the golf course is being engaged in the moment over a shot. So when you're getting ready to hit that drive off the first tee, instead of thinking about what score you might get on the hole or how the day is going to go or you're upset about who you're pairing with, you're training your brain to really focus on the shot at hand, being engaged in that process, being engaged in that moment. Um, and letting nothing distract you because you're so attuned to where you want your focus to be. Um, Those would be the top two additional mental skills that I would have players at home work on over the next week.
0: Yeah, And I think that is unbelievably valuable. As I was listening, I'm thinking about my own self. And it's interesting because one of the things that I committed to this year is just that coming into the season – and setting a baseline for how well I was going to play and making sure I didn't have the gaps in variance between round after round. And part of the reason for uh, for me doing that is I understood that there were times that I wasn't always comfortable with the group that I was paired with or the round would take longer than I was accustomed to playing. So I think you recommending to all of our listeners today, enjoy the moment that stay in place gives us and be able to lock into that and transition to that, transition that to the golf course. Uh, I hope that is something that all of our listeners absolutely embrace and shortly after doing so, find tangible benefits going forward. Most
1: certainly. I mean, I think if you look at what a, what an opportunity the world is giving us right now. Of course, there's a, a lot of negatives that are going on, and I'd never want to overlook that. But if we take a look at what are some of the opportunities that this challenge is presenting us, um, it's it's causing us to be more focused. It's creating an opportunity for us to connect on a different level with um, people in our, in our closed circle mm-hmm. differently than we have before. Maybe we've actually been disconnected from them because we've been too much into technology per se. Um, And now we have an opportunity to really connect with people on a deeper level. I think it's certainly gonna create an opportunity for us to be creative and and not make excuses, but certainly be present. So as our minds are having the opportunity to kind of relax or have a vacation, if you will, um, instead of focusing on all the stressors, directing your focus onto what could I really make of this time? How could I really benefit myself so I can come out as a better human being from this situation? Um, I think it's really given us a nice opportunity.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree with with everything that you said there. And and certainly as an athlete and, and I'm confident that you understand this and, and applied it while at Florida State and currently on the tour, being able to singularly focus on your competition is an act and a work in and of itself because life tends to exist prior to that meet or that round or that tournament. For me, it was always a basketball game, but life also exists afterwards as well. And so being able to separate ourselves, as you mentioned earlier, from the, the world and the craziness around us, um, should make us not only better golfers, but better people on the backside of this. So that's that's invaluable.
1: Yeah, 100% agree. I think that um, when you're looking at the multitude of, of information and how, quote unquote, busy our lives always are, and the world is sort of shaking it up for a moment and said, yep. what would it be like if you weren't so busy? Yeah. Um, pay attention. Look at Look at nature a little bit differently. Look at people around you a little bit differently in a positive way. Um, This is certainly an opportunity for us.
0: Absolutely. Well, I know that leading up to today, one of the things that we talked about topically is approaching golf from a mental, from a physical, and from a technical aspect during this stay in place period, and so I want to transition to the physical side of golf. And can you talk to us about how important physical activity is for stay-in-place golfers today?
1: Yeah, most certainly. The, the physical part, I think, is um, quite an opportunity for a lot of people, too. You know, we certainly say that we don't have time to go to the gym or we have our routines, and maybe they're not golf-specific, but they're great for cardio and other health, health reasons. Um, what a nice opportunity to begin to experiment with some different physical motions that can actually help improve your golf game, but can help improve your general health too. I think that's a, a great opportunity for us. So some of the things that I like to do, and I post a lot of this on my social media, I call it Fitness Friday, is I show players and students things that you can do at home or in the gym that directly help you improve your golf game. So, for example, let's say you're working on an impact position. And maybe you're a player that flips the golf club through impact
0: mm-hmm. where the
1: club head passes the handle. And we know that we, we generally want to try to sh- strive to have a little bit of shaft lean at impact mm-hmm. um, to co- really compress the golf ball. Well, you can, you can take a bottle of Tide or the edge of your couch or something heavy, maybe a box that comes in from Amazon, and, and set up to that object. And then get into your impact position no backswing required no forward motion just pretend that you're at impact and begin to rotate your body while you have this heavy thing that's delaying the golf club and you essentially create a position that shows a little bit of lag with the club head behind the handle but you're also working on the sequencing of your body you're looking at rotation you're looking at how pressure is shifting towards your lead leg And then you can start to add some weight and begin to um, build the muscle structure. So maybe you go up in weight on the object that you're trying to move with your body, making sure it's not your hands that are pushing the object, but really the rotation of the body that's doing it. Um, And then certainly just looking at things around the house that you can grab that are heavy. Maybe it's a gallon of milk or again, laundry detergent or, um, or a bucket of water and you can start to get into some positions and hold those positions while you have resistance against your body Um, so perhaps a takeaway position that you're really trying to hone in on and the club is parallel to the ground you have that and you add in a little bit of weight it's certainly going to make your muscles work significantly harder Um, but you can get into a slow motion form with that additional weight to really exaggerate and feel the sequence um, of your body and I'd, I'd recommend that a lot of players go to the website um, TPI, and, which is titled Performance Institute. And there are tons of at home exercises. It's a massive library that's complimentary for you to look through. Um, and let's say you're a sliper, slicer and you type in slice, it'll give you a whole plethora of exercises that you can do at home to work on the physicality of your body so that the mechanics um, and the general golf motion improve once you're ready to get back out on the course.
0: And, and for the listeners out there, just want to uh, underscore a few points that Allison shared with us. The title is Performance Institute. I'll make sure that we have that captured in the, the bio um, on my social media page as well, my Instagram page. And Allison also mentioned the Friday, the Fitness Friday that she captures. I'll make sure that we have that as well so that you all continue getting tools and access to information that helps all of us be more productive when we are on the course after staying places released in the states that we live in. So I think that's important information and I'll make sure that that's captured for everybody. And so Allison, my guess is that the information that you just shared with us, practicing it here. It should also transition to our practice time on the range and subsequently become a muscle memory behavior on the course. Is that fair to say?
1: In a a way. at First, we have to understand that muscles don't have memory. Um, They don't remember things, but we do create motor patterns. So our brain has an area where it stores essentially all the blueprints of the types of golf swings that you want to make. So we've got a pitching blueprint, chipping blueprint, a driver blueprint. Hmm. And so we want to be able to run that pattern from our brain to our muscles a significant amount of time in order to make it autonomous. Okay. And that's like doing being able to do something without thinking. So I bet most of our listeners can go into the bathroom and brush their teeth and not have to think about all the different steps of brushing their teeth. They just unscrew the cap, put the toothpaste on the toothbrush, and then they go for their routine. Right. So we hope to make patterns in our golf swing that way too. Now to transfer from home to the range to the golf course, we have to make each of those settings golf course like. So for example, if you're creating a new pattern in your body without using a club and you're at home, maybe you're working on preventing early extension where the hips are getting closer to the ball at impact. So you're putting your rear end up against the wall and you're making some practice swings, maintaining contact. Okay. We want to be able to do that drill at home enough times to where you're not thinking about it when you're ready to go to the range. So, you know, there's been an old, old school of thought that 10,000 hours all of a sudden you've got this new, uh, this new pattern. It makes you an expert in that movement. Not necessarily true. If you are really engaged in the drill, and you're engaged in the process you can learn it significantly faster so let's say you're at home you're working on early extension maybe you do a hundred reps over the next week 100 per day mm-hmm. so that'd be 700 by the time we get to the end of the week mm-hmm. that means you got 700 reps in your body fully engaged of how to make this one particular move in your swing that's a pretty good starting point then as you have an opportunity to go to the driving range You want to be aware of what that sensation was like when your rear end was against the wall. So you begin to transfer it to to the range. And as you're starting to hit shots, you might want to break up a portion of your practice where you're very thoughtful about the move. And then the next portion of your practice, you want to kind of be clear and mindful in in your brain and work on more target-oriented. So can you apply the new move to hitting a target? Mm -hmm. Can you create some boundaries and consequences on the driving range, like create a little fairway? Create a point system so that you start adding pressure to more of a game-like training scenario. That's how we start to begin to transfer it to the golf course. So at each level, from home to range to course, in order to build that quote-unquote muscle memory, which is really just motor patterns, we want to continue to add pressure, challenge, thoughtfulness, and shift it to each stage. And I think that's going to be the best way so that when you're on the golf course, now you're ready to go. You've practiced it at home. You've got enough reps in your system. Hmm. Then you've added some challenge by going to the driving range and changing targets and creating obstacles and challenges. And that's going to mimic the golf course. So by the time you get to the golf course, you're ready to go.
0: Excellent. Moving on with uh, the physical activity, are there stretches or exercises that focus on specific areas of our body that we should focus on more than others, or should we just simply give us ourselves a total body stretch?
1: That's a great question, and I'm, I'm more keen on more of the customized approach. And So I think everybody pretty much knows in their body where their limitation might be. Could be shoulder flexibility, T-spine flexibility, hip mobility, could be flexibility. So which one is it? Is it the um, lack of being able to create the movement because maybe your lifestyle is too sedentary or have you not trained it because you haven't learned the position? Um, So most of us know in our golf swing what our kind of Achilles heel is, whether we don't rotate enough or we have over rotation in certain parts of our body. And so I would, I would reflect on the areas that each golfer um, thinks that is sort of their downfall. And for me, what I see in general for a lot of students is hips, particularly with players that are um, above the age of 45, or maybe they're shifting into retirement years, they lose the ability to work the hips in an appropriate fashion in the golf swing. More times than not, the hip limitation is one of the biggest things that I see for that population, that age population. So let's open it up. Let's get that working. Let's build glute strength, quad strength, hamstring strength. Certainly the stretches are always going to be good, but I would work on the actual strength and the mobility of that area. So simply at home, no weights or resistance bands needed. Um, just get into golf posture with your hands crossed a, a, against your chest and start training those hips to work again um, in that circular form, being able to rotate back at an angle, being able to rotate forward at an angle, um, really gaining that hip mobility back. And then as you're looking at building the strength, anytime that you can do a squat, a lunge, or even just a stair step, um, if you've got steps coming up to your porch or steps going up to your second floor, um, just do a whole bunch of step-ups so that you can really focus on hamstrings and glutes, being able to fire and activate. And those are going to be areas that I generally see with a lot of the players I work with.
0: That is really good. And for the listeners out there in our fairways, know that your place of residence is certainly a great starting point for you to build this flexibility. Allison talked a lot about the glute area, your hamstrings, your core, if you will, and being able to just stay at home and loosen that area up while building it up as well—that so that's really good, um, and certainly something that we can apply today. When we think about the technical aspects of the game and being able to get all of that right prior to going out, <clears throat> excuse me, prior to going out to the course, um, can you talk about the golf grip? You know, things that we can do there and. We can talk about swing and tempo and other aspects of the technical portion of the game and and how we can build on that or improve it during stay in place.
1: Certainly. I think the positions of the golf swing, um, now is a great time more than ever to understand and study and put your body in particular positions to understand what it feels like, maybe how awkward it feels um, based on pictures that you've seen or coaching that you've gotten and you can really work on the mechanics without the consequence of your handicap changing or a big score on the golf course, this is the best time ever to do it because you may only get feedback from a ball traveling five to six feet against the wall. Um, Starting with the basic fundamentals, that would be an area that everybody can clean up. In fact, on, on tour, when PGA and LPGA coaches go out there, i tell you, on Monday and Tuesday before the round starts, they're not working on heavy technical stuff. They're cleaning up stance width, posture, forward tilts, grips. They're making sure all of those basic pieces are in line before they get into the really heavy stuff. Even just practicing your grip while watching a TV show, like let's say every commercial break, you put your hands on the grip, you stand up, you check yourself in a mirror, you make sure that you're more in the fingers rather than the palm. I think that's always a good place to start. And certainly using a mirror to take a look at posture. The more that we get into technology and we're looking at our phones and computers and sitting at desks, the more our shoulders are rounding forward and our neck is going forward. Mm -hmm. So being able to get into a more neutral spine where we're flexing forward from the hips, making sure that our, our spine is a little bit more neutral with the shoulders not rolled quite as far forward, that's a good place. Can we get into good posture and get some feedback through a mirror? And then lastly, we can always work on ball position. You may think that the ball is in the middle of your stance or inside your left heel, but until you actually put down an alignment rod and make a T on the ground where your feet can go and where the ball can go, it's a great visual to see uh, ball position. Um, so those are all great places to start. And certainly using a camera, using a mirror gives you the feedback that you need using alignment rods or two clubs that you're not using and placing them on the ground. Can help you with
0: that ball position. Yeah, that ball position one is really, really critical for all of us. Um, no, no more critical than than the grip, but that may be one that uh, is underestimated for many of our listeners uh, out there in the in the Teter green fairways. So, when we think about tempo, how do we begin to work on that? What, again, whether it's in our yard, whether it's in our, our garage, what are some tips? that you would recommend for our listeners to be mindful but focus on a fluid tempo that seems to allow the club to do the work rather than just torquing your body
1: everyone's going to have their own internal tempo that they resonate with so it's important that we don't try to copy other people's tempo we've seen wonderful examples in our history of players who um, their transition is quit pretty quick and we've seen players who maybe have a little bit deliberate backswing compared to their forward swing an image that comes to mind for me is lpga tour player in b park looking mm-hmm. at her backswing it's significantly slower and then she still rips at a good 260 270 off the tee mm-hmm. so it's important to find where you as the golfer your tempo is the most repeatable and sustainable over the course of nine to 18 holes. Um, Once you find what your best tempo is, and it's important for you to reflect and think, when I hit the golf ball the best, what does it feel like? Can you give it some sort of rating, perhaps on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the fastest that you could potentially swing, one being the slowest that you could ever swing. At what point do you feel like you could sustain that swing, that rhythm for the longevity of the round? Maybe it's at a six or a seven. It's going to be different for everybody. Once you find that and you can mark it, make a mental note of what that rhythm feels like, then you've got a baseline. You've got a starting point. And you have to be observant on when you are deviating from that baseline. Are you getting too fast by the fourth or fifth hole? Are you um, getting too slow because you're becoming too careful? So I think first establishing your baseline is number one. You can also use a, a metronome that has beats per minute. I think there's a couple of apps out there where you can um, get the rhythm going and perhaps find the beats per minute, the rhythm that works best for your swing and kind of get in, embedded in your brain that tick-tock, what's it feel like for you when you chip, putt, pitch, or hit a driver, and what does that sound like? So you can begin to pair and associate, associate the rhythm of the metronome to your golf swing. Then there's um, some great training aids out there that help with the delivery of the rhythm and timing. For example, Orange Whip, that's um, yes. a, a good tool that I use and um, have an affiliate link for a lot of my students through my website. And there's a lot of Orange Whip products out there. It's, very, it's a heavy tool, but it's super whippy. And if you get out of sequence or you go too fast, then the tool starts to bend too early in the wrong spot and you can feel that. They've made them for putters and wedges, and even for drivers, Um, really cool. So that's a great tool that you could use to give you another form of feedback.
0: Those are all very, very good tools. And for our listeners out there in the fairways, we have had an informative episode today where we've had Allison provide us with tools that we can enact in our own home, in our yard, in our garage, in our stay in place residents during this period of time. And so whether it's mental, whether it's physical, or whether it's technical, Allison has provided us with activities that will get us ready when stay in place is released. We are truly, truly grateful for her time today. Allison, I know that you've talked about your website. You're more than welcome to Share that with the listeners today, and and they'll be happy to follow you. So if you'd like, go ahead and share that.
1: Sure. Everyone can um, check out my website at allisoncurtgolf.com. Certainly active on social media, Instagram, uh, Facebook. And if you just type in Allison Kurt Golf, you will come to the right place.
0: And for our listeners, Allison spells her last name C-U-R-D-T, Allison Kurt. Well, we're excited for the information that we had today. We're grateful that Allison gave us her time. And as we always say, from the Tee to Green fairways, hit it straight from Tee to Green. Thank you.